Welcome in, guys, to the Dogs Football Podcast. Here we are on this Monday, this oh-so-sweet victory Monday. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, here we are again off of another playoff victory. Flashbacks to the spring. It feels like it was forever ago, and it kind of was back in the wind column in the playoffs. What's going on? Yeah, we are back in the wind column in the playoffs, uh, looking to uh, see if we can go on another run like we did in the spring. And, uh, yeah, it's it's good to hear that we are sitting here hearing that music and not coming right into it and saying, oh, well, I'm talking about that loss. But it's good to see a good win. Uh, uh, finally got back in the win column. Yeah, and it was a group effort, I think. And we were talking on the preview about things we expect from the team uh, and they did that. They were quality from beginning to end. Probably could have scored a little more points, but we're not complaining. And, yeah, you uh, you mentioned, yeah, at least we're not, you know, coming on this, recapping it, and then previewing or uh, giving a sneak peek to our season recap in general and a look ahead. We, we don't want to have that yet. So, yeah, it's going to be back yet. Yeah, we recall uh, the run we did go on last year, yeah, and almost uh, pulled off the victory against South Dakota State. Who knows how they could have went. So here we are, yeah, with a 22-10 victory uh, in the first round of the playoffs. We are headed to the Sweet 16, but we will get to that recap here shortly, Noah, because there was some breaking news today, which is what we love to see as well. We added another commit. Yeah, this time we hit the transfer portal and uh, probably helped to tie Daniels, uh, a former Memphis Tiger who opted out last year in the COVID year and uh, – yeah, he is decided to leave in August, I believe he decided. And he's a defensive back, Le'Andre Thomas, 6-1. Uh, I believe he has two years of eligibility. Back in 2019, he started all 14 games in the secondary. And uh, back in, as a freshman, he actually, we actually, when we played them back in 2017, his first collegiate PBU was against us. Wow, so it all comes full circle. That's a good stat there. Yeah, he had, and he adds to the defensive back room. You're right on Tice. Obviously, they know each other. I wonder if Tice had all of anything to do with him coming here and letting the coaches know that this guy's good and he's available. Definitely think so because he added the eye emojis to his commitment earlier. And, yeah, like I said, adds to the defensive back room. He looks like an incredible athlete on his Twitter. Looks like he's doing windmills and basketball. So he is. He's got the experience that we've been saying we want to add for next season. Um and we mentioned how our defensive back room honestly looks pretty deep moving in, uh, you know, moving forward into next year, you know, not counting the potential uh, uh, transfers of our own potentially, but he adds to another one. And yeah, you said two years of eligibility. So uh, it's good to see. Obviously he looks like an incredible athlete, like I said. So welcome Leandre Thomas, a great ad. So, and we'll cover him when our season does end, if it does end. We will cover, obviously, in the look ahead, what the roster <clears throat> could potentially look like. So we will add him to that. So keep posted for that down the road, hoping it's not for a while yet. So that's good news. Noah, now jumping into this game, like we said, it was kind of evenly matched going into this. 
on both ends. Both teams had around the same amount of sacks allowed or so. So we knew coming in that we could get the most of pressure on him, and we'll get to that, that we did. Like we said, it was a total group effort, a 22-10 to 10 victory. Uh, no, let's jump into this game because uh, obviously being on the road, it wasn't – from TV, it didn't – it was a decent atmosphere. I don't think it was anything – great you know that would have affected us regardless and we know that it wouldn't affect us anyway uh being in the dome we know that every dakota team has a dome we've had experience inside of domes and I, like we said on the road in the playoffs in general so it was a good start for us in this game they had a about a minute and 15 drive noah that carson camp tried to get involved big time they got the ball first uh they actually elected to receive which you don't see a lot was that the case, or am I thinking? I'm probably thinking of an NFL game. Did we defer, or did they? No, they the won the toss and elected receive. They wanted to try to set the tone immediately. Exactly, and that's honestly a great thing. Which obviously, if you get a stop and you're able to score and go from there, and then getting the ball out of halftime, that's that's the way you want it. So we're glad they did that, Noah, because like we said, they started out Carson Campus throwing the ball, and uh, Quay Brown got a pick. And I'm trying to think of the last time Quay got a pick. I feel like it's been a while, and it was the first of his two in this game. Yeah, it was uh, first, like you said, first of his two, and uh, it was a nice little, probably a, a little slant route for uh, Vander Esch, and uh, actually on the play, uh, Clayton Bush lit him up and uh, stopped him from the route and made Vander Esch stop the route, and Quay was right there, and uh, you could tell by watching the play that uh, Clayton didn't even know Quay, because uh, Clayton was celebrating the big old hit, and Quay was trying to return the ball, and he's got in his way. Yeah, so our safeties were definitely involved there, and Clayton would get involved down the road here. We'll get to – so, no, we had the ball. I think it's at around, like, our 38-yard line. So then we got the ball at that point, had a nice drive. We've talked about how we want to have long drives to give the defense rest, especially after, you know, rewarding them, even though they were on the, on the field for about a minute, a little over a minute, to give them that rest to be able to go out there and keep doing what they were doing. And we did that, a 14-play only a 30-yard drive to get to the point. It was about five, almost six minutes long. So we were kind of stuck in place for a while, getting some conversions. Got a fourth and one conversion with Javon and then kept it going, and we were kind of just stuck in place, like I said, again. Then Nick took a sack at their 28 on third and 10, and Noah, we settled for a Nico 50-yarder, and we said before, obviously, he wasn't one of our dogs. We knew special teams were coming to, a, coming to play, knowing our offense hasn't finished drives, and they really didn't at the start of this game. Uh, but Noah Nico coming through, and we know he loves – he's got a big big leg, and the fact that he gets to kick in the dome helps, and he will next week as well. Yeah, it's his, it was a – I mean, it's one of those drives we needed. But, yeah, we once we – and our red zone red zone issues continue. But, yeah, it was, I believe it was first and ten, and uh, they were in a, ran a nice play, a nice chunk play. Had Tyce Daniels probably for a touchdown, but underthrew him, and that was uh, what led us to pretty much uh, instead of seven, we got a field goal. Exactly, yeah. We were talking at the point of the game about the fact that he missed Tyce. It would have been for six for sure. So we did settle for the field goal. Three-nothing game, and then there were five straight punts, two on both, or one, two from us, three from them, Noah. But we had another long, really long drive, almost seven minutes, 15 plays. So here we are. We're – Having these long drives is what you want in the playoffs, especially at this point in the season, obviously. You know, a lot of people got involved, and we wanted to add because there were some big plays in this game along the way, but the fact that uh, 
we were able to, and we, we noticed that Nick had a lot of time to throw in this game. I think that that's what led to some conversions on this drive, going downfield and getting in good position was the good pass protection that the offensive line gave Nick in this game. And even for us to run the ball, we had a lot of Justin Strong on this one, Javon, and so on and so forth. No, but we get to fourth and fourth, third 20, um, some incompletions, like we said, but Noah, Nico nailed a 37-yard field goal, but then they roughed Nick Baker on the hold, which you don't see a lot of roughing the holders, let alone the fact that it's our quarterback that's doing it. So, Noah, that happened, and then it didn't take long before. There was a little bit of busted coverage. I think they all think Nick was going right. Noah and Avante was wide open in the end zone for six. Yeah, it was a uh, – I believe on the field goal attempt, it was good, by the way, but um... – yeah, I, I mean the the guy tried to tried to stop, but Nick kind of sold it, so it was a good good sell by Nick and got us a first down. Yeah, then we got Avante. It was a really good play call. Um, not sure the defense just left him wide open. It was a good play fake, and uh, I doubt I doubt finally, like you said, we've been getting enough good good protection that he was able to finally in his probably his last pro- progression to find Avante wide open. And yeah, it's. Our line did a really nice job, especially the hype that was going on that defensive front. We had like 31 sacks going in the game, and we did a really nice job. Yeah, thank God that that did happen to Nick on the rough because, yeah, we would have to settle for another field goal, and who knows how the game would have played out after that. So, no, they had a one-yard drive on this one that lasted two minutes thanks to, thanks to some sacks. Kevin Glacian had one. It says Jerron Rollins, but I'm sure it got the numbers mixed up. That had to be uh, uh, PJ on that one. But they had a 52-yard punt. They had a decent punter in this game. So they kicked it down to their own 40. So we started on their 40. Uh, but they were pretty deep back. So then they pinned them. That's where we started knowing that another 16-play drive, 83 yards, almost six minutes once again. Uh, a lot of stuff here. Isaiah got involved. Noah Romir got involved. He had a really nice game. They took some timeouts. We were able to get going down. And obviously we got stuck again, but we tried to go for it. Time was running out in the half, um, so we weren't able to get We tried one at the deep of the end zone, tried to get some plays off right beforehand, knowing that Nico hits another 26-yarder. So here we are. We're up 13-0 at half. What are your takeaways from the first half? Yeah, it's exactly what we talked about. You need to play good, sound football, execute what's being done, and uh, we needed long drives, so – as many snaps as our defense has played in the spring and now into the fall this 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 season this year, it, it, we need if you want to make deep runs, you gotta have those consistent drives and get points on the board. And yeah, it's um, I told you today if if we if we instead of those field goals, if we put seven on the board, this is a blowout in the first half. Exactly, and that's been a thing. Yeah, emphasis all season is finishing drives, being better on third down. Nick preached it today some more in his press conference. Uh, and, yeah, we weren't able to do that, but it's one of those things, especially when you have it, you know, obviously they didn't score in the first half, so you're doing well in that regard. Um, but you're able to put points on the board regardless, even though you want them for seven, and you don't want to go for it and ruin your chances in general. So you want to take the points, yeah. So I'm glad we did, like we said, another over 15-play drive. Knowing that we get the ball out of halftime here, and I always think, obviously, I don't remember the last time we actually scored having the ball out of halftime. It always seems like it's we gave it right back to them, only about three-minute, 30-yard drive and seven plays. Now, when they go down and get on the board, 
uh, Carson Camp was throwing the ball a lot, and they ended up kicking, going down, and kicking a 21-yard field goal to get on the board. Knowing that we matched them, I remember tweeting that they did that. Now you know we don't need any any momentum going their way. We need to go down and match them, and that's exactly what we did. Going down, no, but the first play of this from our own 25, Nick hit Avante for 44 yards. Um, and then, of course, you know, a lot of Javon on this, and we get nothing. They tried to have one of those pa- or those plays we were talking about earlier that they always do, kind of near the sideline about vertical from the uh, line of scrimmage to Avante, and he gets uh, gets no or got a loss on the on the play. So we had to set up for another field goal here, but fourth and three at their own 24, one of those things that you want to continue to take the points and, like I said, match them at points regardless and not get anything from it. So no, another 41-yarder. Nico seems like he can make these from 60 yards if he wants to. Yeah, especially in the domes, it's it's his legs even – it looks even stronger in, inside a dome. And the announcers were talking about it too. So, yeah, it, it, in a dome, it, it, he could probably hit from 60, I'd say, easily. Because um, a lot of these, he, it sounds – inside a dome, it sounds like a, a cannon going off when he connects with the ball. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's another drive that uh, we cannot – we cannot finish, but uh, we points are points at this point of the game. Yeah, like I said, matching them was ever important. Getting any points would have been great. Matching them, though, we would take. And then, because, yeah, I'm thinking of Nico. Or the, just reminding me of the fact that he is whatever top, whatever. He passed Cornell Craig in total points at SIU history, whatever he is on the list. So he just keeps growing that. He's just leaving his legacy. He's one that we're, I think we're going to miss, definitely. Honestly, one of most next year. But we know we got Jake Bumgard and other guys we got a guy coming in to potentially be for that spot. So we're definitely going to miss Nico. But no, they go down. And honestly, Nate Thomas got involved. We know we talked about the fact that they had a couple 500 yard rushers in this game. They'd like to run the ball. Carson Camp was making plays. Uh, but no, they get down all the way to our 11. So we allowed them to have actually their best drive of the game. <clears throat> and then Noah, he, it was after, well, they had a false start and then they had an incomplete pass. And then here they are on third, third and goal. And Noah's a kind of a, he was, he's been, he was kind of pressured all game Noah. And then it looked like he was rolling out and then hit Quay. Quay got a second of the game in the end zone, ran it out for 25 yards to our own 26. That's where we start. So Quay with his second of the game. Yeah. It's a big time play by Quay again. Um, yeah, they made some really good adjustments at halftime to be able to start moving the ball down the field on us. And yeah, it's, I believe Quay said uh, that they knew that we knew in the, going in the game that in the red zone, Brett Sampson, their big tight end, was their um, biggest threat. And uh, they seen that play multiple times, and he knew it was coming, so he just wanted to be in the right position to make a play, and that's where he was. Yeah, Quay def- also said he wanted to give shout out to Coach Petrino for putting them in the position and prepping them for this game. Everything on film, he said, played out in the game, so they were prepared for all that, a lot of that. You're right. And he said before, I think Mike on the call said that it was David, and him and Quay joked about that at the end of the game, that he said it was David and not Quay at first. So we go down. We Like I said, we're at our own 26, Noah, but we, we, we punt. This was a heavy Donovan drive, so Donovan was getting involved. He had a 15-yard game. We could see the burst with Donovan that we're going to miss next year as well. We wish he'd get more involved. Throughout this whole season, but we know, uh, you know, stuff throughout a game happens. So then the third quarter ended, Noah, and then we had a – let's see here. What was this drive? This was the punt. Yeah, okay. So start of the third quarter, then we punted. 
Jack only had a 34-yarder. No, it may go down, cut it to six points. So it's one of those times in the game where we definitely, um, you know, wanted to score there, and we didn't. We let them go down. No, 87 yards, almost five minutes to score. A lot of Travis Tice in this game. Travis Tice was tough for us to tackle in this one. Yeah, he was really good, and uh, he really helped them get on the board and get going there. And, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where um, – if they score, we know our offense wants to go out there and match them so our, to help out our defense, and that's what we did the next drive. Yeah, they had a lot of – all of the running backs got involved on this one. Jonathan Lewis, Nate Thomas, and Tice. Uh, they had a – we had a face mask on Raekwon Lindsay. We noticed he played a lot in this game. Before that, <clears throat> we had a uh, – they had a legal formation, so some penalties there. And then, yeah, Tice just ran it for two yards, and they got to R2 on second and goal. Noah, then we matched him once again. So we started off this one. We hit Avante again, Noah. His big day was involved with this other 48-yarder to get us down. Romir got involved again. Javon, uh, Javon and Romir getting us to this point. And then Romir with a touchdown. We failed the two-point two conversion. Uh, this was a good drive for us, though. Yeah, this is another big play to Avante where he actually hurts his knee. And should be able to go, I believe Nick Hill said so. And uh, yeah, you saw those other guys, uh, Justin Strong. We I don't I don't remember what drive, but he got banged up as well. Um, may may not see him this week. I think Nick said so. But yeah, good push. We knew we had to match them, and that's what the pretty much solidified this game as us winning this game is. Um, every time they scored, we matched them. Yeah, and I like the two-point conversion, like we said, or the attempt for it, because we haven't done it a whole lot this year. We know it would have made it a 14-point game. Do you remember the play on that one? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I'm trying to remember off my head. It says Nick Hill or Nick Baker rush failed. It had to be a pass play, and he tried to scream. Yeah, I think that's what it was, exactly. So, yes, that failed, so we're still only up 12, and that ended up being the score the rest of the way. But, no, there was a – there was one where Carson Camp, we know he's good. He's a good freshman. He's going to have a really, really, really good career. He was really good this year. But Noah Jordan Burner got him on this one. Like we said, we had pressure on them all game. And Jordan got him for a nine-yard loss, incompletion there. And then uh, and then uh, uh, Camp tried to find somebody. Noah and then Clayton Bush just read it like a book and took it. And then he got an unsportsmanlike. He looked like he was doing the gritty or whatever they call that. The giddy, gritty, gritty. whatever it is. He was doing that and got it unsportsmanlike. People were saying how he can't he can't uh, you know celebrate with teammates or whatever. So, but yeah, I mean I think that would get flagged regardless. So, Noah Clayton in the like I said we haven't seen a well we've seen a couple Clayton interceptions this year, but this is the first one in a while. And he like I said he read that like a book. Yeah, it was a big time play. It was a good rush on camp to get him out of the pocket. And uh, when you got a good rush on that, sometimes those quarterbacks try to make a play and throw it up there and. Uh, he was able to make a big-time play, and, yeah, I thought it was kind of a soft, uh, unsportsmanlike call, but it's whatever. Yeah, the whole taunting thing we know in general is a joke. Uh, but, yeah, it was third and 19, so we had to make a play, had to throw it downfield, and Clayton was there, and then we punted, didn't do anything. And then, no, this is a big drive right here, obviously. Then just getting points with time left. We know we kind of had a feeling we had this game in the bag, obviously. They had it going on, and Carson Kent took off for 29 yards, and then one of these guys that we know we're excited for the future of, we know transferring in, and he loves being here, and he's been playing down the stretch this season. Though Dorian Davis chasing down 
Carson Cam and forcing a fumble that PJ jumped on that pretty much sealed it. Yeah, our safeties really led this game defensively, causing four turnovers, and um, it was a big time play. It's just uh, one of those things. He got a good punch out, and uh, luckily PJ was right there to get on it and return it for about seven yards to set us up and time to milk some clock. Yeah, that was a great effort play by Dorian. Like we said, excited for his future. We punted knowing and on their final drive here just to get any type of points, just wanted to add that Anthony Knighton did get a sack at the end, 11-yard sack to end the game. So shout out to Anthony for keeping up his record. So that's how the game ends. Like we said, 22-10 to 10 victory. One of those where we had it from the get-go, even though when we only got up six, we kind of, you know, it was one of those things where we were like, okay, let's put this game away, and we did. So Noah... Uh, before we get into the box score, overall takeaways, like I said, we definitely protected Nick Baker to get throws downfield. I think that was the difference. The pass pro being able to run and the defense just being what we know they can do and having those takeaways. Yeah, it's a it's a really, really good effort by everybody all around. Um, really dom- dominant for performance. If we learn how to capitalize inside the red zone, it's not even a close ball game. You blow them out of their own dome. And, uh, yeah, it's – it's something that I thought we would happen. I I called a I called we would dominate them, and it didn't end up. It it was pretty much domination. Um, we got the possession time back in our favor and was able to run the clock. Like you said, we protected Nick. He did not turn the ball over. He's been getting better at that recently. I know he had two picks against Youngstown, but uh, two games prior to that, he didn't turn the ball over. And uh, yeah, it's big time. It's what we need. We we can't turn the ball over. We need able to use that ground game to pound it with our four-headed monster. And, yeah, it's a great effort, way to go. We need to continue this, and let's get into these stats. I want to say it's our most complete game of the season. I think – I don't know if Nick Hill said that legitly, but he kind of alluded to it, how good we were. I'm trying to think of games outside of, like, the Dayton game. The comeback on South Dakota State was pretty good for the end of the game. This one from start to finish was pretty solid. We're not outside of the not converting, which, yeah, you're right, it would have been a blowout. If we do that, shout out to the defense. They were unbelievable. Uh, getting our <clears throat> in our offense for being on the field a long time for our defense to be rested and make those plays like they did. So, yeah, jumping in this box score, yeah. Nick, like, like you said, barely has turned it over lately. Youngstown, he had to make plays to be able to get us back in that game. So it's understandable. And, uh, yeah, 21 of 30, 210 yards, and that one touchdown to Avante. And then Noah Av- or Javon threw twice in this game, had one completion. And we remember talking about so many times that I think South Dakota State was the last time that Javon caught, ran, and threw a pass in a game, uh, and then we win. We remember saying, well, when this happens, we usually win. And that was obviously what we did. So I think that's something that we have to do, especially when you got to pull out all the stops like we will next week, that something like that has to happen. you got to get Javon involved in every single pass. And maybe not. Like, we had a certain play. We wanted to run his, his big throw he made. To whoever it was, so it's understandable, but you maybe you're not going to have that opportunity. Kind of catch them off guard next week, so we'll see. So yeah, Javon getting involved in everything is a big reason why we won. Usually when that happens, we do. So yeah, Noah Nick, like you said, 21 for 30, not a bad game. Uh, taking care of the ball, doing everything, yeah, running the ball. So let's get into the rushing. Noah Romir had a had a really good day. Yeah, a really good day. It's uh, good to see him get going again. Um, ended up with. 17 for 68 and a touchdown, a long of 16, averaging four yards a carry. Um, if any, once a running backs get going, it's great to see that we 
we stuck around Nick with only 30 pass attempts. That's um, right around the sweet spot I'd like to see, and I'd like seeing a total of 48 uh, attempts on the ground and really be able to control that clock and uh, really grind out drives and keeping our defense fresh. Agreed, yeah. I mean, we talked so many times, definitely recently, yeah, that Nick's throwing, we'd like for it to be like 25 to 30 and efficient along with getting close to 50 rushing. So that's, that's exactly what we did. It's one of those recipes for success, doing everything you needed to do. So, yeah, Javon 10 for 47, Donovan 6 for 31, Justin, yeah, we said, don't remember exactly when he came out of the game off the top of my head. Obviously, he did. He severely or decently sprained his ankle, according to Nick today. So his status, honestly, might be up in the air for Saturday. We'll see. He had 6 for 24 try to get Avante going and rushing Isaiah as well. Uh, no one receiving. Obviously, Avante was his self. Obviously, you give Nick time to throw, he's able to make those long uh, passes one-on-one Avante has, and almost every single time he's going to catch it, kind of like how Landon was at the peak of his of this season when Avante wasn't playing. 15 yards per catch for Avante. We know we had those 40-something yarders. Incredible day. 10 catches. No, I wonder the last time we had 10 catches in the game. I think Landon might have had it once this year. That means a lot of targets, and he was coming through when he needed the most. Yeah, and he's playing through injury, and it just shows his toughness. Being knowing he probably needs shoulder surgery in the off season, and uh, being able to strap that thing up, put a big old brace on it, and be able to play through that and have those ten catches and play through that and make the big plays because we know he's a big big time guy. We can. You mentioned the flat routes we'd like to run, get it to him. He's a one cut guy and makes five to maybe a touchdown out of that, just a flat route. And that's the type of guy we need. And we have other playmakers um, like Isaiah Hardtrip ended up for five for 40. He was big all day. Um, key, key, key receptions, moving, moving the chains, good screens. Um, and he really did a really good job out for Avante on screen calls. He was getting out there and blocking for him. Him and Landon do a really good job when we call Avante's number on those screens. And Landon only three from 25. The big one was the one from Javon for 23 yards. Um, yeah, another quiet day for Landon. Yeah, and it's strange. I wonder if it's obviously how the defense is playing him, understandably so, with the season that he's had. It's about three straight games with him almost doing nothing. So it is strange, but we know we're still getting the job done for the most part with him not doing that. Yeah, with Avante and Isaiah, uh, obviously those will be our main two guys next year. So it's good to see them carry this, carry us in this way when Landon's not uh, himself. Yeah, Avante, yeah, plays through injury. He's tough. We know that or Nick said that he's one of however many that will have offseason surgery probably. Uh, so, yeah, he's fighting through it. And to get 10 catches in that in that sense is spectacular. Uh, but not a whole lot elsewhere. Tice needs to get more involved. No, we know we saw Jacob Garrett in this game a lot. He was in some scrums. He was he was blocking. He was doing his typical self without receiving. Uh, good to see Jacob in there. Did we see any of Cole? I wonder how many snaps Cole Stewart had in this game. Yeah, he played a little bit. I seen him in some in some scenarios, uh, probably uh, special teams on like the field goal block field goal unit. But yeah, we did not see with Jacob's return. We did not see a lot of him. Yeah, it's understandable. Like, yeah, they all fit their specific roles. And Cole's done his up until this point. Now Jacob can do his usual, like I said, maybe just without receiving. So, yeah, a lot of good in the receiving and a lot of good overall offensively. Obviously, like I said, it's pretty evenly for a lot of recipe for success when you have a lot of evenly 
throughout for all three categories. Now Noah switching the defense. Had a feeling that amped up Bryce Notre was going to lead us in tackles, and he did. He had one breakup as well, one quarterback hit. Clayton was second in tackles. So they were getting to that third level a little bit, but I think that's just how active our guys are, not even in catching the ball, but obviously tackling. We know Quay uh, passed Jeremy sometime not too long ago in this season and tackles, so he's up there all time. And with his two picks, and Clayton, you're right, safeties were big in this game, counting Dorian. Uh, Mikkel, which Mikkel actually tweeted, I think, today that he's 100% healthy which is good to see, I guess, outside of a win and moving forward in the tournament. That's good. He had five tackles in this game. Anthony Knighton being more active in tackles had a lot. He was getting after the pass, so like you said, he had a sack in this game and a tackles for loss, the all-time leader in both of those. QB hit as well. PJ was getting involved. They don't throw to PJ at all, but he's able to make tackles. Noah DJ Johnson, we saw him a lot, honestly, way over David Miller at times in this game. I think that's I mean, obviously, David won Defensive Player of the Week with those picks against Indiana State. No, DJ Johnson, he's showing, and they're playing him like he was once in the Big Ten, and he's showing out, really. Yeah, he is stepping up. He's playing in certain key key downs, and uh, they're giving those guys, because David hadn't missed a snap in a long time, and they're getting some rest, much-needed rest on key, key downs. And, uh, yeah, he's stepping up. Uh, we know the – type of player he was and uh, what he's going to come here to be. And, yeah, he's still young and he's playing well. And I'm sure we'll see him more often now. Exactly. And I think we can use David. I don't know if we don't really use a lot of guys in the slot. I think David, that could be honest. I'm picturing like a Chris Harris type of vibe, potentially like a role if we were to do it with David, if we had those big guys, PJ and DJ on the outside because they're big and long. So it's interesting moving forward, yeah, but obviously we need all the help we can get at this point in the season with the defensive back room that we have. We know Branson was hobbled in this game, but he fought it out. He took a big hit from Tice in this game, I remember seeing. Uh, and then, no, not a whole lot everywhere else. We know D- Dorian had his play. Uh, Barola didn't really do much. Uh, I do remember Dre Newman. He's on here. He had a nice uh, on one of Jack's uh, punts, I think Dre – or uh, helped down a ball in t- inside their 10. Uh, and then we know Glacian had that sack. So other than that, uh, pretty top-heavy in the defense category. Now know it for, from a game's pr- perspective, we outdid them in yards by 60. They outpassed us. We know they had to do a lot of desperation stuff at the end probably to get it to that point. Outrushed them, though, with our four-headed dragon, as you said, and their three-headed monster almost, you could say. Penalties, we had about – were about even – which is good to see us at six, though, regardless, because we know we've been somewhat heavily penalized recently. We had two more first downs in them. We were seven of 18 on third down. That's a lot of opportunities. And, yeah, almost or barely halfway, not halfway yet. So it would be like to get that around 50%, obviously. Two for two on fourth, though, when we did go for it. We had 17 more plays, and then they had .4 yards per more play. Uh, they had .1, of course, uh, yards per rush. Uh and then, yeah, so a lot of time of possession, we had about 11 more, and we were perfect in the red zone. Uh, so, yeah, an overall great game. Um, moving forward, obviously, to set the tone in this uh, playoffs, moving forward from a whole team standpoint, Noah. So final thoughts on this game. Yeah, it's a great effort, and uh, um, the biggest stats for me is uh, time of possession. We were able to run the ball and effectively and get our defense breaks, and our defense was – capable of that or capable of holding them a three of 11 on third down and uh, a guy that had four turnovers coming in the game we forced four turnovers from camp 
this game. So, um, yeah, our defense, it looked like we came out with a lot of juice, and uh, hopefully we didn't use all that juice. We'll see how much we have left this Saturday. But, yeah, it was a big-time game. It's what we needed going on the road. And it's like Nick Hill keeps saying, I, he likes his team on the road more at home, which is kind of concerning. But I, if we need to go on the road and play big games, we can. Exactly. I think that's just how this group is built. Like Nick said before, they like going and traveling and you know being in the hotels and all that stuff, that they enjoy doing all that stuff. Uh, so that is noteworthy, yeah, and the fact that we don't really – this isn't necessarily saying we don't like playing at home. It's just the feel of – because I remember even in high school being a player and being on the road with your teammates is just something fun. It takes something, uh, you know, it puts something into these players to play like that with their kind of their backs against the wall kind of thing. So that is – and we're, we're hoping, obviously, moving forward for years to come that we have quality play at home. It just hasn't worked that way really this year. So, yeah, that's a good point. So – uh, no dogs to this game. I could, we could say Quay, who was top three in tackles, down with two picks, is one. Who do you think? Yeah, it's hard to say. It's really big time. Uh, you could say Quay, but all three safeties that turned a turn got a turnover. I'd say that any of those three is not can't can't go wrong with it. I agree, and we we could say the defensive or even adding Dorian in the that DBs. as well. Exactly, the DBs itself could be one. Dorian had. You know, they were deep in our territory on that run, and Dorian broke that up and stopped anything from happening. You know, they could score there, get an onside kick. Who knows? So that's big. I, I would agree. I'd say the whole defensive back room uh, definitely uh, would be the dog of the game on defense. What about offense? We could say, obviously, Aponte, I don't think. Uh, it's good to see Romero running the ball well. We know he struggled at times this year and dealt with injury. You know, Avante for getting us downfield with ease and almost 50-yard catches and having almost 150 yards in the game, 10 catches. While injured, like we said, it seems like he's the favorite right now. Yeah, he, he, he would be easily picked, but uh, we went with a position group on that side, so I would like to like to throw out there the offensive line. Exactly. We talked about how we haven't seen this kind of protection for a long time this season, and it looked good. We wanted to mention uh, Jake Green did play a right tackle at times, about 40 snaps, Nick said, over Lucas Davis. We know Lucas was dealing with that ankle injury. And Jake's done a good job. Obviously, Youngstown, when he had to play right guard at times because uh, Chase Evans was not playing, he, he didn't play again at all. Or he did play, dealing with the sickness of this game, but obviously he's not sick anymore. So Jake Green might be our most valuable offensive lineman. Uh, and I think that says a lot. Him being thrown in a right tackle uh, and then having us having that protection, I think it's big time. So I, honestly, yeah, I'd say if we're doing a position group, yeah, offensive line. Gave us a lot of opportunities in this game, I agree. And uh, Nico hitting uh, another 50-yarder and putting us on the board at times, not missing any. Obviously, if you miss some, you put them in decent field position uh, in general sometimes. So I'd say uh, Nico would be special team dog of the game. We know Jack had a 50-yarder, uh, and we didn't really return a lot. So would you say Nico probably? Absolutely. Without a doubt. So, uh, so those are our dogs of the game for sure. Let's get into some quotes here. Um, Quay was talked or talked after the game said it feels amazing even better than the feeling I had in the spring when we went up to Weber and beat them in the first playoff game we were kind of down after the loss last weekend so we just wanted to stay positive and we put in a ton of work this week to prepare for this game Nick Hill said for those seniors to find the will to come out here and play the way they did is just a testament to the culture and the people in the room I'm just so proud of this team that's an understatement uh, 
make off. It's kind of like a scoring basketball. You want to see a couple go in early in regards to the third point, three point, third down conversions and converting those start the game. Uh, so yeah, some more quotes here real fast. Yeah, you mentioned Quay mentioning Brett Sampson in the red zone that they did a good job. Like you said, that Petrino gave them uh, or prepared them well for this game. Jordan Burner said, "Man, this is huge." It's been a tough last month. We faced a lot of adversity, and for us to win on the road, first game of the playoffs, is big. So I say we leave it that. No final thoughts. Yeah, it's it's a big time game, and yeah, it's what we needed to get going, and it was win or go home. And we dug deep and found some extra juice to get going. And it's like Nick Hill says, when this team is out there flying around and playing with passion, they're hard to beat, and we love to see it. Exactly. We we played a game that we knew we could all season, and what we should have consistently. To be able to be a team competing for our uh, conference title and being a top eight seed. So it's good to see that you finally do that in the playoffs. We'll see if they sustain it. Coach Hill said on Twitter, quoted the final tweet, so proud of the character of this group. Go and enjoy this plane ride home and get back to work. Thank you, Saluki Nation. We hit, Ryan Shanley was tweeting about it. Uh, Branson Combs said, don't test zero. Clayton Bush showed a lot of activity on Twitter, and they were a lot of other accounts were tweeting about our win as well. So it was a good overall win, ready to move forward. We will sneak peek the Bison, the uh, heavily – or what's the – is there a line yet, real fast? Yeah, there is a line. I believe it was 13 earlier. 13, so almost two touchdowns. It's reasonable game being at home. And I guess if you view, obviously, us being the seed that we are going in there. It's it moved does. to 14 now. Moved to 14, so two touchdowns, and we'll get into on the on the uh, Bison preview our picks and all that. So one of the early – because I know we saw it today, and we really don't see it this early. So – that's something there, yeah, I'd say we'll get to a sneak peek there before. Noah, let's preview or recap, sorry, some more of these games from this past weekend from the first round. Yeah, looking around the first round, uh, uh, not a lot of uh, shocking upsets, you would call it, besides uh, maybe one. But, uh, yes, first game of the day, Saturday, uh, Sacred Heart, Holy Cross was a really good game. Um, Holy Cross was down, and they had to score late to take a 13-10 to 10 lead, and that's the way it ended. So Holy Cross moves on. Um, then one we expected, we mentioned it, a team that's dangerous and could make a run, it's Kennesaw State. Um, they beat Davidson 48-21. Um, then one we thought would happen, and it really happened, South Dakota State destroyed UC Davis at home 56-24. Then in overtime, Stephen F. Austin on the road at Incarnate Word. Um, Incarnate Word, a 35-28 win in overtime. So they move on. Then probably we say would say the game of the weekend. Um, we thought Northern Iowa at Eastern Washington would be a really good game. Eastern Washington um, held on 19-9. was a really good game. Did not see a lot of it. But uh, it was a really good game. They were able to bear the, probably the player of the year, Eric Barrier was able to get past that really probably one of the, I'd say, maybe the best defense in the country. Then a little upset action. Um, we thought Missouri State would be able to beat the OVC champ, UT Martin. Uh, Missouri State turned the ball over five times, still only lost by one, 32-31 at home. So uh, really – a two-point conversion that happened in that game at the end or yeah, something? Yeah, then they uh, – yeah, I believe that happened. Um, so – that's an upset. It was a shocker. You thought, I mean, they had five turnovers and still only lost by one. So that tells you who, what should have happened, but it did not happen that way. Then the final game of the first round was Southeastern Louisiana hosting Florida A&M and HBCU. 
uh, in southeastern Louisiana, and Cole Kelly handled them 38-14. I was going to say, Florida A&M was scoreless at halftime, I believe, and they just struggled there. That offense is really, really tough. We know that firsthand from last year, and they're even better. So, yeah, not a lot of upsets. It's unfortunate seeing Missouri State, because we know they're a team with Shelley winning uh, Conference Player of the Year, that it seemed like they could be a team to go and uh, pretty decently far with their the team that they have. So that's unfortunate them losing by one. Yeah, on that two-point conversion, uh, I mean, South Dakota State doing what we honestly expect them to do, even at the seed that they are, is go on and kill their first-round matchup and moving forward. They got a tough one. Who do they play next? They get at Sacramento State. I think they're the, yeah, they're the road favorite in that game. So we'll get to a lot more of those games in our preview to preview the second round uh, coming up on at the end of the week. So, um, yeah, a lot of good games there. Definitely ours. Ours was one. A lot of people picked South Dakota to win, so we make them look bad um, now. But, no, we had an all-conference uh, all conference honors came out from the Missouri Valley as well today. And we had a lot of members. Noah, 10 Salukis on this list. And we were thinking beforehand, before we saw who was going to be on it, who could. There were some surprises, without a doubt. But Noah, Xavion, and Quay, first team all conference. Uh, Quay helped. I don't know. If, uh, I don't know if they, how they played in his season. Obviously, two interceptions and on Saturday. Maybe that had a lot to do with it. Obviously, that finished the deal. But Noah, he had a good season. He had a lot of tackles this year. And Xavion obviously led a semi decent offensive line all year. Uh, so we're not seeing Landon on here. We know his three um, bad games to end the season. I think had a lot to do with it. He's around 900 something yards. Shocking not seeing him on there. You know, Xavion and Quay, uh, much deserved. Yeah, very much deserved. Uh, two of our leaders on on, on both sides of the ball, and Xavion and able to make that. And, yeah, it's it was kind of a surprise to see Landon, but guys like Tyrone Scott, Christian Watson, and Dennis Houston just shows you the talent in this conference when guys do not make the first team like Landon and other guys. Yeah, Xavion had 46 – he started 46 consecutive games, 53 total in his career. So just a lot of consistency, a lot of durability for Big Z. Uh, Noah's second team was we had four, Javon, Landon, Anthony, and Bryce. It's also weird. I think Bryce could have got some first-team votes with how active he's been this year. He's got a couple picks, a couple sacks, and probably leads us in tackles this year. Weird to see him Bryce, actually, the more I think about it, not being on first team as well, but – we know he's got some bowls at the end of the season to go to to give him the next opportunity for the to, or for the next level. Anthony Knight, Noah, well, like we said, this one it's a little bit surprising maybe. And we know he's turned it on at the, at the at the last part of the season here. But, Noah, there were some games where he wasn't getting tackles. We know he was kind of you know impacting games in non-stat sheet ways. But is that one a little bit surprising in the second team? Yeah, it's one of those things where he's been great in this league for so long. He probably gets a little bit – more respect for voting like that. He's a he's a no, he's a notable name, and uh, yeah, he's had a lot of um, he had that pick six against Indiana State, and he's blocked a lot of he's blocked a lot of passes. So um, well deserved in my case. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and obviously, yeah, I think maybe something to do with the fact that he's had the career he's had. Yeah, potentially. And Javon is on it, obviously. He led us in rushing, ended up leading us in rushing, did everything this year, even though not used all the time at times. So uh, not complaining, I guess, with all those there. And then Avante made the honorable mention, along with Nick and PJ. PJ 
not get thrown at a lot this year. He had the pass breakups. I'm not sure if he had an intercept. Or he had the pick six against Kansas State. Uh, weird seeing him on there. I guess he didn't do enough to warrant because he didn't get thrown at enough, I guess. He had one of those seasons. We know he's one of the best corners in the FCS. So that's maybe a little surprising. Nick put up numbers, even though he turned it over a lot this year. And then Avante, who missed some games, obviously put up numbers a lot this season too. So not complaining with any of those, are we? No, not at all. It's well-deserved. And uh, um, just thinking, I was thinking about who's guys who got snubbed and uh, really surprised guys like Jordan Burner. And especially the conference season, he turned it on coming in for filling in for James Caesar. All the interceptions he had as David Miller. Exactly, yeah. They said, yeah, he got uh, all-newcomer team selection. Uh, yeah, and he had, we know he got, he was having a rough start when he had to get in there and start for James. Uh, so maybe, I don't know, they took a lot of that into account. And he's been decent at the latter part of this year for sure with his two picks against Indiana State. Being the deep, I think, yeah, when you win Defensive Player of the Week, I think obviously they see your consistency, how you are through a year. But he could have got more respect there in that regard, I agree. So not surprising. Like I said, the, the SEC of the FCS in Missouri Valley, it's good to see us get 10 guys on there in the season that we've had. Um, so now, no, there was a tweet I saw from Mike about, I guess, some records uh, that I wanted to see. Oh, real fast, we're on our – we have won five. We have five road wins this year. It's the first time since 09 season. Uh, let's see. Mike did have a tweet. Yeah, here it is. Wasn't there a tweet about current uh, – of course, I bring it up. I'm not able to say it yet. Uh, if you can help me out here, funny. I guess I don't know what I'm talking about or something. There was something I thought. But there was a – I guess there was a stat here. We were 8-4 and four against ranked FCS opponents in the last two seasons, 3-2 and two versus FCS opponents in fall. 13 and 8 in our last 21 Missouri Valley games, 19 and 8 in our last 27 games versus FCF opponents, and 103 and 47 last time we nationally ranked. So a lot of things that end the season. I thought there was one about stats and certain players. I guess not. A lot of people were blessed to be on this All Valley team, though. Xavion blessed and highly favored. Bryce scored to beat a guy. Congrats to my brothers, and they kill said proud of these guys. So definitely a great season so far, and we're obviously not done. So Noah, jump in and let's jump in. What are some things from the presser that we took outside of knowing that Avante probably will play and Justin might not? Yeah, it's uh, um, one thing with, uh, going along with injuries that uh, Nick Hill said four or five guys know they need off-season surgery, which uh, we tried to think of those guys, but we can name a couple. But that was interesting. But, yeah, it's one of those things where um, there's a without Todd now there, Todd is officially – out the door, I guess. So, uh, which is last day, what Wednesday? I would Thursday. Say. Thursday. So I don't know why we wouldn't be in there unless one of those newer guys that we didn't really recognize the name is one of those guys. But yeah, um, if I was Nikhil, there's some laughing questions I'd I would laugh at. But yeah, there's some decent questions. I know. Uh, I think the North Dakota State guy was asking some pretty good questions. So uh, yeah. It, what I took away is that, yeah, like you said, those guys may are banged up but may play. Avante, I believe he said Avante is ahead of Justin at this point. Then he, uh, then what else did he say? They asked about the games. I believe somebody asked him um, what the biggest biggest uh, or what he wished they would have done better, and he didn't really name a key thing. But yeah, there's a lot of positives out of that. Yeah, it was a short answer in that regard. Yeah, we really don't remember unless we rewatched it what he said. Yeah, a lot of questionable questions. I think 
you know, he even said to uh, Siegel from WSIL that he's new, and he asked him a question about some things he's answered multiple times before, and even one guy asked about what Avante brings, what Nick Baker brings. It's like, these guys have been here. Have you not watched the game to see what they bring? So, yeah, some laughable questions, I agree. That's mostly our takeaway. That's how we found out about Jake Green playing right tackle a lot and uh, obviously the status of a lot of stuff. So uh, one of those, and there were some quotes that we'll get to on the preview for him. It was, like we said, every time there's a press, it was always centric to moving forward in the, in the next game. So we'll get to that at the end of the week. Know some quick things here before, or one quick thing here before the sneak peek to the Bison. Uh, we know that Jerry Kill, uh, who did things here recently and left to be associate assistant where at Virginia Tech first, and then he worked his way to TCU and then became obviously the interim when they fired. What's his name? So definitely he earned and winning those games. What was the big win that he had when he was the interim? He beat what, Baylor or somebody? Or, yeah, they beat Baylor. So that was a huge win. Uh, you know, to give him these opportunities, and that's definitely um, something notable, though, when he got hired, like we said, New Mexico State head coach. So first thoughts on this, because, you know, we know at his age and the health issues he's had, he wants to coach really bad, knowing he got this opportunity. Kind of surprising, but he said if he wants to keep doing it, I guess it's a decent place to go. I don't know much about their football program, but what do you think? Yeah, wasn't surprised. Once he left, you kind of knew he wanted to get back into coaching and maybe had the itch to be a head coach. Again, and uh, yeah, it gets an old, I don't know how surprised, they're, they're connected somehow, but old Mario Mocha is that guy now with back in Jerry Kill, and I'm not sure the timeline of them being here or there, but yeah, it's, it's I was kind of, wasn't really surprised because you knew once he got back into coaching that he'd have that itch again, he wanted to be a head coach, and yeah, their program's not very good, um, I know they play, sometimes they play Alabama and you see what you just see those games, but yeah, I don't think they have a very good football program. So hopefully he can uh, boost that up a little bit. Yeah, it's cool to see in the fact that he, uh, you know, get these opportunities because he ha- obviously he was a great coach here <clears throat> for a long time back in the day. So <clears throat> excuse me. So yeah, he gets this opportunity. So good for Jerry. There were some people, some alumni saying how uh, he comes in as the most heralded head football coach hiring program history. A lot of stuff about culture change and what they want him to do. So we, we wish Jerry luck in that regard at that place. So, you know, like you said, yeah, they do play. They played Alabama this year and recently. So, uh, yeah, not a whole lot of success, but uh, it's an opportunity. So that's all he wanted, like we said. So, no, a sneak peek to the number two ranked Bison. Yeah, a uh, very good football team. Their, their coach, Matt Entz, is the coach of the year in the Valley. Um, they're making their 12 straight postseason appearance. Uh, the, their team ranks number one in FCS scoring defense and, and tops in the league in 13 other categories. So a really good football team. Um, they switched quarterbacks. They, uh, they switched quarterbacks down the stretch here. So they moved away from uh, Patterson. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a tough test. They have players like Christian Watson on the outside, probably the, um, I'd say, lo- biggest NFL draft draft prospect in the Valley is Christian Watson, what he can do on the outside making plays and, and also in the return game. So uh, really good defense. Um, they do not allow a lot of points scored. So big test for us. Exactly. I was going to say that they've only allowed 308 or 133 points this year. That's by far the least amount with you and I being that defensive team that they are. 
uh, we know Illinois State's even on here for in the two that in the two hundreds <clears throat> that they were even a defensive team. So other teams are yeah they don't allow a whole lot of points. So that'll be and they're undefeated at home this year. So it definitely will be a test. And they have players like you said having NFL talent everywhere. So that will definitely we'll look forward to that preview at the end of the week uh, for that matchup. And then know a couple more things I wanted to add in re- regards to recruiting. Uh, Noah Mitchell, a JUCO product, we're interested in him. Uh, gave him an offer. Yeah, DB, uh, really good. So uh, adding that DB room, so we'll see what happens with him. And also, uh, did not want to forget, I want to mention um, this past Saturday, Charles Young and uh, St. Charles Lutheran St. Charles had a big game. Um, they were in the Final Four in uh, di- or Division or Class 2 against Lafayette County and Charles Young and Lutheran St. Charles got a big 54-14 win and they're headed to the Class 2 state championship against the undefeated Lamar team this Saturday, December 3rd. So big time for Charles Young. Enormous that he's on such a good team going that far and killing teams in the Final Four. We definitely hope Charles can bring that home. Uh, And he'll add, obviously, to our great class and our future and the defensive back room. So, we're looking good in that regard in general. So, yeah, good luck to Charles. Bring that thing home. Also, um, I believe Jalen Banks and Brian Brown were named. Brian was all district first team, and Jalen was all district second team. So, big awards coming along with a lot of our commits. Exactly. We know Luther North had a lot of players. Calder Wilford, who we know went to Murray, second team. Jalen Carson, who's yet to pick a team as well. Uh, we know we're in on him, and two also made the first team. So, yeah, some couple notes there. Shout out to obviously our recruits and yes, Charles. Hopefully you can bring that thing home. We know Ryan, seeing him quote everything, he's super excited to get here. So can't wait to get all those guys. We go get that trophy first, Charles. So yeah, a great first win to get to the Sweet 16, a game that we kind of expected to win. We knew it was going to be good. And now we get the dogfight that is uh, next week, a three o'clock game. Like we said, we'll preview the Bison at the end of this week. Another great pod. So for Nick Malone, no alerts. we'll see you at the end of the week. Go dogs.